Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Agent Power Huddle on Wednesday. My name is Augie Kenneth. I'll be your host today. And today we're going to be talking about investing in buying whole properties or rental properties. It's a good topic, interesting topic. Let's wait a little bit, just make sure everybody jumps in. Um, no cameras on. Cool. How many people here at live own rental properties? And how many do you own? Can you just um, type in the in the chat? Okay, good, good, uh, perfect. So hopefully today's information will be interesting for everybody. Everybody that has rentals and looking to buy more rental properties. Okay, so. Um, no cameras on, any cameras on, anybody? Got it, okay, perfect. All right, so let's start. Today, I have a quick presentation about why um, you should buy and hold rental properties. There's two reasons for this presentation. First one is you as a real estate professional, you should be able to talk intelligently about real estate investing to your clients and to anybody that asks you about real estate. That's going to improve your skills and hopefully it's going to bring you more clients. And buy and hold investors are really good clients. They're return clients. They're long-term clients. The second reason that you need to know about buy and hold real estate is because you have to stop chasing commissions only. Commissions are good to live off, but you don't want to be in your 70s and showing properties just to make money. You need to start buying rental properties for your retirement. So today I'm going to show you why buying hold is a really good investment strategy. So I will share my screen. I'll start the presentation. Please feel free to type your questions in the chat or in the Facebook live and I'll be happy to answer them at the end of the presentation. Okay. Zach, everything looks good? Looks good. Okay. So there's three main reasons why buying hold real estate investment is a really good idea. First one is buying rental property brings you a really high return on investment. If you calculate it over 20 year span, you get about 40 to 60% return on your investment per year. That's one of the reasons, and I'll show you why. Second reason that buying hold is a good idea is because of leverage and leverage practically is 
you can use other people's money to buy real estate. You don't have to use yours. And another reason for buying hold is the tax benefits. And this is one of the reasons that uh, it's not very popular and a lot of people do not know it and do not use it. But tax benefits are huge in buying hold real estate investment. I don't know if you know, but fix and flip is considered a job. It's an active income, which is taxed in a different way, like in a very high uh, tax bracket. But when you have rental properties and income from rentals, that's considered passive income and it's taxed in a completely different lower tax bracket. So fix and flip is a job. Buying rental properties is an investment. Hey, Craig, how are you today? Doing well, okay, how are you? You know what? You're my co-host today. Sweet, let's do it. Okay, and you know the rules, right? I don't know. All right, you always agree with me. One, you always laugh at my jokes. And if I get disconnected, you have to perform some kind of an act until I'm back online. Dancing, singing, whatever, it's your choice. We'll just do some dad jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you have any rental properties? I do. Perfect. All right. So now you, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. All right. So today, again, we're going to be talking about why real estate, buying cold real estate is a good idea. I'll show you how it gets the highest return on investment, how it can use other people's money, and what are the tax benefits from owning rental properties. All right. Highest ROI. How? 40 to 60% a year? Wow, that's crazy. How did you come up with that? Let me show you. So when we buy rental properties, a lot of people consider return on investment only based on a cap rate or cash from cash investment. However, my calculation is different. Buying rental properties, a lot of it is building equity and building wealth and having a net worth. So you have to calculate three things. First, the property appreciates. That's how you make money. Second, you're getting cash flow from rent. That's the second thing that you make money. And the third, the third thing is the rent you're getting from the tenant pays down the mortgage. So eventually, that property is paid off. So when you combine these three ways of making money, over 20 years, you're getting average between 40 and 60% return on your investment in a rental property. So number one, property appreciation. Historically, a property appreciates anywhere between 3 to 5% a year. For the last 10 years, we've had really good run, but that, that's unusual. So I always recommend when you're calculating your potential profit from an investment, just put 3 to 5% increase in value. In my calculations, I use 3.5% increase per year. It's very safe, and um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you make less mistakes. Second thing is in addition to having the property appreciate over time, there's something we call forced appreciation or fix and flip type of thing. But you don't flip it, you just fix it and hold it. So you don't need to wait 
too much time for the property to go up, you can create your own equity. You just find a property that needs a lot of work, fix it up, and keep it as a rental. This way, you don't have to wait 10 years for property to go up in value for 100000 You can just create it yourself. A lot of people call this the Burr method, which is buy, recap, rent, refinance, and repeat it again. So, Craig, do you do a lot of this, these? No, not, not a lot, but it's on my, uh, I'm starting to ramp it up. Yeah, it, market is changing, so there's always a good deals coming up. So. In, my, in my area, I mean, it's they're, they're, the return is horrible, it's atrocious. Okay. So I'm, look, I'm looking in other, other states. All right, I'll change your mind by the end of the presentation because now when you say return, I think you're thinking about cash on cash. I'm, I'm looking at everything. At the end of this presentation, I can show you how, uh, if you, even if you're breaking even on your rental property, you're making money at the end of it, at the year. All right, so <clears throat> the, third, the second way we make money is cash flow from rent. What you need to know about rent is that increases with inflation. So when you buy a property today and lock your mortgage for 30 years and your payment for the mortgage is 1500 and your rent is 1500, you're breaking even. However, in five years, that rent is going to increase probably to 17, 1800 just because of the inflation. And your mortgage is always going to be $1,500. So over the years, your cash flow increases. So sometimes, if the property has a really good potential but doesn't have a good cash flow in the very beginning, it's still, it's still okay because eventually, you're going you're gonna to improve your cash flow. Uh, getting the, the rent from the tenants pays down the mortgage. So even if there's no appreciation, eventually you're going to have free and clear property. So you still make money even if the prices stay the same. Leverage. So that's the second thing that makes the prop um, buying rental properties really good. Practically, you can use other people's money, not yours, to buy the, pro the, the, the rental properties. You can do financing. Right now, for investment property, you can borrow as high as 80% from the value of the home and you put only 20% of your own money to, to get the rental. You cannot do this with any other rent, any other investment. You cannot go and borrow money to buy stock from the bank. They're not going to deal with it. If you want to buy Bitcoins, you got to use your own cash. You cannot borrow money for that. So buy and hold rental properties you can use a lot of leverage. Another way you can use leverage is not just financing properties, but also pulling equity out of the properties or doing cash out refinance. So let's say, Craig, you had you bought a property. Um, let me, I'll give you a little example. So let's say you bought a property for two hundred thousand, and the loan amount, you put 25% down payment, you have a loan amount of 150,000. The property went up in value right now, the current market value is 300,000. So you have a total equity of 150,000 today. 
but you need some cash. So if you sell the property today and after paying all expenses and taxes, you're going to end up probably around $75,000 in cash. But instead of selling the property, you have another option. You can do a cash out refinance, keep the property, keep renting the property, and keep it as an investment and let it sit there and appreciate and bring you more money per year. All we have to do is take the current market value of $300,000, go to the bank, get a cash out refinancing at 75% of the current market value. That's about $225,000. Get a new loan for $225,000, pay the old loan for $150,000, and keep $75,000 in your pocket. And this way, you still get the cash without the need of selling the property. The good thing is that cash out refinance, it's not considered taxable event. So even though you put $75,000 in your pocket to use for other needs, IRS is not considering this as a taxable event. And they don't want you to pay any capital gain on this cash. <clears throat> Make sense? You haven't done any cash outs? I see Ken has done it. Hey. It's a loan, so you have to repay it, so it's not income. Yes, you it's still owe the money. Obligation, not income. You owe the money. So, yeah. final thing, tax benefits. This is a huge, so, Knowing to find a property, knowing how to do the to rent the property, everything is great. But if you don't know the tax benefits and how to use the current system, you're going to lose a lot of equity, a lot of taxes paid to the government. So let me show you the benefits, how to use the current tax um, system to reduce your taxes or even pay zero taxes. One of the best tax benefits on a rental property is that when you have a, a property that's rented, IRS consider that property as a separate business. And as a business, they require you to depreciate the building of the property. So the current formula is you take the property value, you deduct the value of the land, and whatever the is left, the value of the actual structure, is divided on 27 and a half years. And that number you can use as deduction every year as an expense added to your bottom line. So in this sample, let's say the value of the property is 200,000. You deduct the value of the land, 50,000. The value of the building is 150. You divide it by 27 and a half years and you have 5,500 of expenses. These expenses are on paper. You don't have actually have them, but they're a really good way to save money. Let me show you how. Let's say for the year, you get a cash flow every month of $400 or 450. For the year, the total cash flow comes up to about 5,500 cash that you took from the tenant and put it in your pocket. However, 
at the end of the year, when you file your taxes, even though you took 5,500 cash, you have to report the depreciation of the building, which is actually expense of 5,500. So the cash you took is offset by the expense, the, the, the building depreciation, and the taxes, you owe zero money. So even though you took 5,500 in cash, you don't owe any taxes on this money if you use the depreciation properly. A lot of investors do not know these rules and they do not take advantage of the depreciation. And that could save you a lot of money. So if you're not taking advantage of the depreciation, after this presentation, call your tax guy and have a conversation. I have, a, I have a, another take on that. Um, you separate the, the house for, can you go back one slide, Ogie? Okay, if you, you have the value of the building is $150,000. Uh, there's a thing called cost segregation. Uh, the, the building uh, depreciates over 27 and a half years. The hot water heater depreciates at seven years. The furnace depreciates at 15 years. The carpet depreciates at a much lower, at a much faster rate, I think five years. You, there are companies, uh, I use one uh, called Cost Segregation Specialists, and they went through uh, a property that I had recently acquired and uh, depreciated all the individual components separately according to IRS rules and regulations. And I uh, ended up with the $43,000 net tax reduction in my uh, taxes on one property. So there's a way to uh, steeply accelerate that depreciation rather than, you know, because your furnace, your, your hot water heaters, you're going to go through three hot water heaters in 27 years or four hot water heaters. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, it, 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 correct. In yeah. my case, I'll tell you that I chose not to do it mm -hmm. because of the higher chances of getting audited. That's my reason for that. That's the, otherwise, I agree it's with a that. really good. It's a really good strategy that you can I, do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't do it myself because you will get audited. Then you have yeah. to defend. But these guys will come back and defend. I paid exactly. them. I paid them a couple thousand bucks, and um, they're now on the hook to defend me if IRS ever comes in and uh, questions that. Or you're you're the first person that's going to question that is going to be your tax accountant because most of them are not aware of this. And we'll balk at this. And uh, you know what? Uh, I never, I try to avoid not taking deductions because I'm afraid of the IRS. Got it. Okay. So if Perfect. you have somebody professional that defend you, that's uh, that's another way to accelerate your depreciation and maybe even turn start turning over properties a little faster to depreciate the next one, get a huge tax benefit and whatnot. Just an additional strategy. Is is that so? Is that the goal? Once you depreciate it to zero. You need to get out of it, exchange it to something else. Is that no, no, no? Actually, you know, I mean, you can hold it or not hold it. It's the option is yours. But you're, I guess, my point is, is you're gonna you're gonna buy, say, a hot water heater's two two grand. You're gonna buy four hot water heaters, eight grand, over twenty seven and a half years. And the IRS is only gonna if you use a twenty seven and a half year depreciation schedule, you're only gonna get to depreciate one of those. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess I'm just asking. So, I mean, you said you had a $40,000 tax savings. So, oh, yeah. if you it to zero, you're going to have a $40,000 tax increase. So, what's the, I guess, what's what's the, do you then get out of that asset and into another one? So, uh, I, can, I can keep holding it and keep depreciating the structure. 
Um, but I can take that $43,000 tax uh, bill reduction and put that into another, acquire another house. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's money in my pocket. So, and uh, so I'll, Craig, never, I'll never sell the property without doing a 1031 exchange and deferring the taxes to the future. So that brings me to the next benefit, which is the actual 1031 exchange. Yeah. So what 1031 exchange is practically is when you sell the property and have a profit, you're going to have to pay taxes. But instead of paying taxes, if you take that money and roll it and buy another investment property, you don't have to pay the taxes right away. You can defer it for a data, later date. Wow. And you can do multiple 1031 exchanges, one after another one. And at some point, maybe pay taxes or maybe even don't pay taxes ever. So 1031 exchange is a very common way to reduce your taxes. So let me give you an example. How to use the, the power of 1031 exchange. Let's say you purchase a property for 200. The sales price right now is 300. Potential taxable income is 100,000. If you have to pay capital gains, you're going to have $80,000 to invest in another, in another property, which is $80,000. $80,000, if you have to put as a 25%, is going to buy you a property of $320,000 only. But if you use the 1031 exchange, instead of paying taxes and just take the whole profit of $100,000, and do 25% down payment, instead of property for 320, you're gonna be able to buy a property for 400,000, which is gonna increase your buying power and eventually also is gonna increase your return on the investment. Just instead of giving the money to IRS, you keep the money to invest in and make more profit. One of the best taxable tax benefits is inheritance, which is or also known as a step of basis. Um, when you buy a property at a certain value, let's say 200,000, and that's what IRS considers as your taxable basis. And when you sell it for 300, your basis was 200. So that's how they calculate how much taxes you have to pay. 300 minus your basis, it's $100,000 profit. So this, you can have to pay taxes on this uh, profit. However, if you don't sell the property ever and you just pass the property down the line, your heirs inherit the property and their step uh, basis increases to the current value of the day of the inheritance. So let me give you an all the profit um, between the property that you bought the property and the inheritance, all the profit is wiped out. So nobody has to pay taxes on the inheritance. This is how it looks like. So let's say Craig, you bought a property for 200,000. If you sell the property now, for 320, you're going to have a profit, uh, potential taxable income of 120. But you don't sell it. Something happens to you, pass it to your kids. And at that time of the day of they got the property, the, the basis of the property from 200 jumps to the market, current market value of the, that day, which is 320. 
And if they decide to sell the property the same day for 320, their taxable potential taxable income is zero. So this way, people say, never sell real estate. That's the reason why. Correct? Make sense? I think so. So, I mean, is that, is that's, that's the value of having the trust, right? The trust makes this transition easier. It doesn't protect you, but makes the transition easier because the trust is a instructions what to happen with the property if something happens to you or when you pass away. But this is automatic right now. That's how it works. So uh, in the trust, um, yeah, the the trust trustee executes the uh, instructions, correct? But the beneficiaries, you could actually put your kids into the trust too as beneficiaries along with yourself, right? Yes, you can. And do so that. if you pass away, there's no transfer. Yes, I mean there's no you avoiding any kind of a probate, any kind of right. additional people uh, deciding what's going to happen to is you it, and your uh, inheritance. Is so, it still taxable? No. I mean, I mean, the, uh, being in a trust doesn't automatically uh, avoid taxes. Okay. The, the trust is the only reason is to have written instruction what exactly to happen with your inheritance if something happens to you, and it, it avoids any kind of a, um, a a judge deciding what's going to happen with the state deciding what's going to happen with your properties, and there's no fighting between the heirs and things like that. So, But Craig, let me show you something else. Um, another tax benefit is that even if you don't have any positive cash flow from a property, you can still make money. You don't need cash to make money. All we have to do is use that depreciation that I talked about a little bit ago and use it against your tax returns to reduce your tax liability. I don't know if you know, but we as a real estate professionals, we can write do a write-off on 100% of the any losses from a real estate activity. So any real estate professional, and IRS considered real estate professional that spends more than 750 hours per year uh, in real estate activity, and half of the income comes from real estate. That's one of that's couple of them rules. Any loss from a real estate activity, it can apply to any of your other income overall. So this is how you can use a rental property that doesn't bring you any cash flow to reduce your liability on your commission, taxable liability on your commission at the end of the year. So let's say the property cash flow is zero per month. You don't make any money. However, because of the pricing and everything, IRS allows you to depreciate $9,000 from the building. And because it's considered separate business, you have a loss on paper of $9,000. So you take that loss and you apply it to your regular income from your commissions. So let's say majority of the real estate agents is self-employed and they go in the highest tax bracket, which is 40%. So the government takes 40% of your commission's income. So if you apply $9,000 of losses on a 
um, bracket, your actual tax um, potential tax refund or reducing liability is thirty six hundred in cash. So instead of paying five thousand dollars to IRS, you could pay only fourteen hundred if you use this strategy to reduce your taxes. So even though you, you were not getting any cash flow per month, at the end of the year, once you adjust your taxes, you go end up you're going to end up with thirty six hundred cash in your pocket. So that's how you can use this strategy to reduce your other um, uh, taxable income. So real estate is one of the best, So, but I'm not gonna go through this chart. The only thing I just wanna summarize at the end is that out of this presentation, what you have to know is that you can use other people's money make millions, and never pay taxes. So that's why rental investments are a pretty good idea. So Craig, this is how it could work. You buy a property for 200,000, then the property appreciates uh, in value. During this time, you use the depreciation to offset paying taxes on your cash flow. The property becomes 500,000. But you need cash for some to buy a boat, whatever, something. You do a cash out refinance, you pull a hundred thousand and continue to own the property and rent it. Then the property goes to six hundred thousand. You sell the property and you buy two more, and you do 1031 exchange. So you use the profit to move it to another property, to two more properties. You don't pay taxes, and then you continue owning the property. And the property that you bought it. 300, by the time you're 80, you owe three properties and with value of a million dollars. You pass away and you, your kids inherit the properties and all the profit that you made between 200,000 and a million, it's wiped out and your kids inherit a million dollars without paying any taxes. So this is how you use other people's money to buy the property, Use the current system, make millions, and at the end, you don't pay any taxes. Nice job. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, okay, eight thirty-one. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Um, I'm job, listening. Uh, if you have any questions, sorry, didn't have much time for answering um, questions, but you can reach me directly in uh, messages, and I'll be happy to help you with uh, any investment um, uh, advice. Thanks, Ogie. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our eXp organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about eXp or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.